It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Not since the Broncos beat the Falcons in Super Bowl 33 has Colorado enjoyed such a victory over the state of Georgia, snatching the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and with it an estimated $100 million economic boost. But it's how we got here that's led to so much anger. Politically speaking, it's Democrats who are getting the credit or the blame, depending on your perspective, for sending the game packing and for encouraging numerous companies to target the state for condemnation over its newly minted voter integrity law. But as the saying goes, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And we're excited for this opportunity. We're honored to, to accept this uh, opportunity on behalf of the Colorado Rockies and the Major League Baseball and experience for all Coloradoans. Um, this is a big deal and we should celebrate as such. There are numerous key differences between Colorado and Georgia voting law. For example, in Colorado, an ID includes those printed by colleges and universities, utility bills, bank statements and pay stubs, and all registered voters in Colorado receive mail-in ballots automatically. Republicans are friendly Framing the move of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game as an affront to the American working man and woman. I'll tell you who's getting screwed. It's the little guy. Mm. It's the little work, little guy that's a working Georgian, either working in these bars, taverns, at hotels, that now are not going to have guests because the All-Star Game and Major League Baseball made the decision to pull the game out of here because they don't have enough backbone to stand up to these people. All right, so that was Kevin Cork on Fox, and that seems to be a very big story, and it is a very big story. It isn't just about baseball. It's about the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. It's about uh, having free and fair elections. It's about corporations stepping in and actually ruling us while the White House is bragging that they're not going to you know, force uh, uh, COVID vaccine passports uh, but private business might do that. You're beginning to see how, uh, for instance, airlines and other kinds of companies can actually control your life if the government just stands by and lets them do it. Social media companies as well, uh, they have rights to squelch and suppress your free speech to punish you if you have the wrong thinking. So that's why government is happy right now uh, to just release their hands and let corporations uh, do the dirty work for them, which is exactly what's happening. But I want to go into this MLB just a little bit more. Uh, the current commissioner, Rob Manfred, you know, was the one who made that decision uh, and t- called, you know, the Georgia voting laws. We talked about this at length yesterday, so I'm not going to go into the details of that. But uh, what President uh, Biden said was a lie. Uh, it is not a Jim Crow-like law. It just uh, asks for more voter verification for absentee ballots and expands voting and all of that. In fact, as I said, and I will repeat, the Washington Post gave Joe Biden four Pinocchios because he lied about the Georgia law. And uh, in spite of that, 
these corporations are banding together to punish all of us and any state that dares pass election integrity laws, and there are tons of them that are planning to do that. Now, let me, I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Uh, the former commissioner of baseball, Faye Vincent, uh, came out in a Wall Street Journal firing shots at Rod Manfred for making a decision like that. He said, without first protesting the substance of the law. He said that Manfred made a serious mistake and that the all-star game only benefits the city where the game is played, which means people working the game and local businesses around Atlanta's ballpark will now suffer during the midsummer ex- exhibition. Yeah, I think they're going to suffer like around $100 million worth of suffering, which is now going to go to Colorado, which is mostly white, as has been pointed out by several outlets. You know, if this is a race issue, it isn't a race issue, but they want everything to be a race issue. It was a racist thing to take that money out of Atlanta, which is over 50%, out of Georgia, which is over 50, I think it's 51% uh, black, as though we have to think that way. They force us to do this, and so we have to talk like they do, where we have to see people in relation only to their color. It is really disgusting to me. Uh, it is really, and I have to say, I have not had this discussion with my uh, my black friends in a long time, but it has to be very demeaning and frustrating to them to be be thrown into this themselves so that even their, you know, there's racial tension that's coming into this because of these broad generalizations and we are all the losers. Well, Joe Biden is doing his part because uh, he had a press conference. I, I pray, played part of it for you yesterday, but uh, in talking about Major League Baseball moving out of Georgia, he felt it was a great decision because, you know, after all, the Georgia laws were Jim Crow laws and uh, they were going to close the polls at 5 o'clock so working people couldn't vote. And how dare they do that? All of that a lie from your president. A lie, a lie, a lie. For Pinocchios from the Washington Post, that liberal rag newspaper, they're even calling out the president for lying. But still, based on that lie, the MLB is moving out. But Joe Biden went on to say, I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make or a group to make. I respect them when they make that judgment. I support whatever judgment they make. The best way to deal with this is for Georgia and other states to smarten up. Just smarten up. Don't pass these vote. This is me talking now. Don't pass these voter integrity laws. Just smarten up because, you know, this, uh, because there'll be a, an economic price to pay. You better smarten up. That sounds like the local mafia thug that comes by the shop that tells you if you're going to. You know, you got to pay to play here, mister. Fork over a percentage of that, and you just better smarten up if you're going to survive in this culture. This is extortion. It really is. And it's a, a corporate corporations, incredible corporations coming in to control us. And if you, if that's not frightening enough, all right, so we all, already know that Coca Cola and Delta, uh, and I think, um, oh, there were some others in Georgia who came out to roundly, you know, condemn this Jim Crow law passed by the legislature. By the way, it's my understanding that that law was actually watered down because uh, Governor Kemp would not sign the more stringent law, so they got a watered-down version of it. So the watered-down version is still Jim Crow, though. It's still Jim Crow. And, uh, you know, the governor and Georgia, they better just smarten up, says Joe Biden, and toe the line and do what the left and the corporate woke folk want them to do. They better smarten up if they know what's good for them. But I I want to go on. There's a civic alliance that's been formed. That sounds pretty lofty. 
It has um, a membership of 1,119 companies. And this is what they say. As a coalition of businesses, we use our voice, our brand, and our reach to strengthen our democracy. We support safe, accessible, and trusted elections, and we inspire our employees and customers to participate in civic life. Sounds pretty good. Then it goes on to say, uh, it has a, it issued a letter last Friday condemning any effort to restrict ballot access, and this is in regard to Georgia. And it was signed by 200 companies, including Salesforce, Viacom, CBS, Estee Lauder. Um, we stand in solidarity with voters and with the black executives and leaders at the helm of this movement in our nonpartisan commitment to equality and democracy. Equality? Equality for who? Really? Equality. This is about equality. The fact that we want voter ID, or Georgians want voter ID, and I do too, actually, so I can say we. I think voter ID is a really good idea when you're going to vote. Uh, it's interesting that there are airlines involved in this, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. And I believe airlines require an ID to get on, don't they? Unless you're an illegal immigrant. Now they're flying them around <laughs> without uh, ID. But you better not try to get on a plane or go through security without an ID. But uh, you don't need one to vote because uh, the corporations, including those airlines, are going to make sure you don't have to have one. Now I want to give you an idea of who these companies are. And this is not going to be a happy thing for you. It's not a happy thing for me. Are you ready? I can't list all 1,000, but I can give you an idea. It's uh, Amazon, Verizon, McDonald's, Microsoft, PayPal, Uber, Airbnb, Best Buy, Capital One, Dow, Hewlett-Packard, Macy's, Starbucks, United Airlines, Under Armour, and PepsiCo. So, you know, if you thought you were going to leave Coca-Cola and go drink a Pepsi, it's a problem, you see. So um, there's a website that's been formed called Stop Corporate Tyranny, and probably if I had a chance to check on this, some of my friends might be behind some of this. But there is a move to try to push back on this because where do we get, when do we get to this place where corporations can control Americans? And that's what they're doing. And they're doing it very successfully. I mean, like if you want to fly, what do you have to do to fly? You have to, you know, enter into like really honestly Nazi territory. Have you been to an airport lately? The CDC requires, you know, masking. The CDC, it's like... Over the loudspeaker, I feel like I'm in George Orwell's 1984, being instructed to shuffle ahead in line, masking and social distancing. And then when you get on the plane, you are, you know, um, you are, um, let's see, like herded like cats. Uh, There's no humor, no laughter. It's just orders and uh, people sort of tense. It reminds me very much, I'm going to say it again, and some of you may be getting tired of this, but I have to say it again. Reminds me of traveling into East Berlin as a young woman, traveling through Checkpoint Charlie and getting to the very silent side of the communist, dictated, dominated East Berlin, where there was no talking in restaurants, no cheering in sporting events. That's that's life in a suppressed society, and that really is, I think, what we're what we're leading to, and I, and the corporations are helping. And remember, I read to you last week that little um, that comparison between the Nazi, how the Nazis overtook Germany, and the tactics being used by the left right now. And one of them was 
that the Nazis, while condemning uh, the, what they didn't call it the one percenters, they had a German name for it, but the wealthiest, the, those rich people, those wealthiest people, while condemning them, those wealthiest people could not give money fast enough to the Nazis to try to sort of ward that off so the, the wealthy people financed the downfall of Germany and their own demise. Yeah, so um, sounds familiar, doesn't it? All right, lots more to tell you here, so let me keep moving. Um, let me go to the border just for a second. Yeah, let me go to the border. Uh, I, I haven't talked about it in a bit. Uh, Kevin Cork has another report on that. And actually, let's play that very quickly, the Kevin Cork Report, Clip 12. Meanwhile, near the U.S.-Mexico border, heartbreak. Images of a crying migrant child asking Border Patrol officers for help. He'd been dumped near the Rio Grande River. A reflection and consequence, say critics, of the White House's failure or refusal to stop the illegal migrant wave along the border. This is Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas claims DHS, quote, may restart construction on the U.S.-Mexico border wall to fill any gaps in the current barrier. Former President Donald Trump celebrating the right, possible I'm interrupt. pivot. I'm going to interrupt that part. I just want to, there are some other things about the border I want to tell you in the minute I have here. Uh, two men were arrested. Uh, they were on the terror watch list. They were arrested, I think, last weekend uh, after uh, legally crossing the border. They were from Yemen. Uh, young men, uh, yeah, very dangerous. They just crossed the border. Uh, meanwhile, Kamala Harris has gone 14 days without a news conference since she was tapped by President Biden, what, the beginning of last week? Seems like that was what it was, uh, to be in charge of this particular endeavor. Uh, she was in California in her hometown, and her she was talking about uh, the beautiful pork roast that she baked with rice and peas. And on Monday, she was in Oakland to promote Biden's infrastructure plan and visit local businesses. And she was uh, supporting Gavin Newsom, uh, in his efforts to stave off that recall, she was busy but doing nothing on the border. I have a clip that I want to play for you. Maybe we'll play it when we come back first. It's this little 12-year-old boy. Kevin alluded to it. Uh, it just broke my heart. We think he's 12 years old. He looks about that. He was abandoned at the border. And I want you to hear it when we come back. Okay, so Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. I'm Brand, and as you know, one of the worst things you can say in any business or in life, for that matter, is, but we've never done it that way before. That approach stops us from making decisions that could have been great. We just keep doing the same thing, even if we're not happy with it, even while we're complaining about it, we just keep doing it. What if there's a better way? This is why considering MediShare for your healthcare bills is such a great idea. It works. It's less expensive. It's convenient. It's a better way for so many people to pay for their healthcare. And thinking, but we've never done it that way before, is a great way to miss out on major savings. The typical family saves $500 a month, and you miss out on the huge network of doctors, the free telehealth services, the great customer service, and being a part of something that matters, with more than 400,000 members sharing each other's health care bills. So you've never done it this way before? 
No problem. Just call. You can start saving right now. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Spring share 2021 is coming April 13th through 15th. We love it. We love it. We love it. Romans 15, 13 tells us because of our trust in God, we can face the world with confident hope. As far has been bolstering my courage and my strength and my faith for years. Uh, he chose to bring a different, their own story and their own positive uh, influences into my Christian life and walk. By the grace of God and with your help, AFR is reaching our nation in the name of Jesus. I really glean a lot of necessary information from AFR about ways to pray for government officials. I just want to say thanks. Stand with us and help remind the nation that God is our confident hope during our three-day Spring share April 13th through 15th. And thanks for supporting American Family Radio. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. We invite you to visit Liberty University. Whether you want to explore for a few hours or for a few days, you'll find a visiting opportunity to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to our Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. Or check out campus landmarks from the comfort of your home through our virtual experience. Plan your perfect visit by texting VISIT to 49596. Again, that's VISIT to 49596. USA Today is calling for an end to handshakes, hugs, and cheek kisses. The newspaper embracing Dr. Anthony Fauci's declaration that Americans should never again shake hands. The newspaper published an essay calling on the country to consider other ways to personally greet one another. Shafia Zaloom is a health educator at the Urban School in San Francisco. She recommends a number of safer methods to say howdy-do, like waving hands or doing the elbow bump. She also said we should consider bowing our heads, putting our hands over our hearts, and even sharing a foot tap. This is what life must look like in a post-pandemic society. All that to say, good luck to USA Today trying to enforce that no-hugging ban in the Deep South. That's going to be a hard sale for the church ladies, not to mention grandmothers. And if a man comes at you with one of those foot taps, don't be surprised if your other foot lands somewhere else. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Can you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> yeah, not today. That's Kamala. She's in charge of the border. That's uh, Joe Biden made quite a thing of entrusting her with that big responsibility. And uh, people could know that when the vice president, Kamala Harris, you know, came and uh, did, you know, got involved, that she was speaking for the president. So, um, so, but she hasn't gone since she hasn't gone to the border. She's been disengaged. She's been cooking pork roast and doing interviews in California, and they're doing remodeling on her, you know, her vice presidential residence, and it's going too slowly, and that's upsetting her. So uh, that's who's taking care of the border, and so I just wanted to remind you. Meanwhile, um, uh, this really, uh, it will move all of you. This really broke my heart. I Sometimes when you are talking about an issue and you feel very strongly about it, you do forget the people involved. 
And I have, in some ways, I'd hardened my heart about the border. I've been so angry for so many years about how they, uh, the left has refused to enforce the laws that we have on the books uh, to keep our country safe, to keep our borders strong, uh, to prevent people who we don't know coming into the country. And so you do forget sometimes in the midst of that, the poor people coming across that border. And I know in your own life, and certainly in mine, we have a lot of, uh, we use a lot of, with our house, we have had some work done, and we have a lot of Mexican or other Central American um, people come in, and we've had great friendships with them. Uh, It's certainly never been about um, not thinking that people have, everyone, anyone who works hard at what they do, works hard, has my respect. I was raised that way. I just... um, it's just a work is really an honorable thing, and so uh, there you can you can have great. That doesn't mean that they should be able to come in illegally. You have to separate that. All right. So all that to say, there was a little boy at the border, just in a very remote place, and he ran up to a police car who happened to be driving by, asking for help, and the policeman stopped. The border patrolman stopped. Sorry, and. Uh, started the tape and this is what he captured uh, the, and this is what it sounds like let's listen He's saying, you know, they left me. I came with a group. He said, well, you don't, where's your mom and your dad? Uh, oh, they're not here. I came with a group. Well, where are he? They left me. They left me, and I'm afraid they're going to. And they said that he had spent the whole night in this remote area with, the, like, rattlesnakes and all kinds of wild creatures. And, I, I, and part of the reason that that was published in the outlet that I read was to try to get parents in Central and South America to stop, stop sending your kids like this. Stop doing this. Stop sending your little children off, even your sons, your teenage sons, uh, into this kind of an environment. And, you know, it is kind of amazes me knowing that uh, it is true that Mexican, Central American, South American families, a family is very important. And it kind of amazes me that uh, there is uh, so much of this happening on the border. That's a whole other element, isn't it? But anyway, Kamala Harris and um, Joe Biden can't be bothered with trying to bring some order there. There's more abuse uh, of these children, more lack of care because they're crowded into facilities than was ever in place under a Republican administration. And it's not about politics. I I say that because that's a descriptive word. But uh, the left has pounded, you know, the right for years about the lack of shame over the way people are treated at the border. And now they don't care. They really don't care. It was just a means to an end. That's all it was. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about, a lot actually, about COVID. There's just so much news on this. And um, you will be happy to know that your your president is all over this. I, I have to say, uh, I just want to know if you think this is an inspiring speech, because this is what I listened to this morning, clip five. Many states have already opened up to all adults. But beginning April 19th, Every adult in every state, every adult in this country is eligible to get in line to get a COVID vaccination. And today, in advance of that new national 
full eligibility date, I want to make a direct appeal to our seniors and everyone who cares about them. While we have made incredible progress vaccinating three quarters of our seniors and putting vaccination sites within five miles of 90 percent of the public, it still isn't enough. It's simple. Seniors, it's time for you to get vaccinated now. Get vaccinated now. To make it easier, my administration is sending aid to community groups to drive seniors to vaccination sites. We're incredibly grateful to all the volunteers, houses of worship, and civic groups that are helping us in this effort. This is America. We take care of one another. We have to keep it up. As I ask seniors to sign up for their shots now, I also have a message for people under 65. If you know someone over 65 has not gotten this life-saving vaccine, call them now. Call them now. Get it now. Get it now. This is the American way. We care about each other. I'm sorry that creeps me out. I'm sorry. It just does. Just really creeps me out. And um, so Joe Biden was at an event. We're not sure where, but it looked like a black church to me. And he's, uh, people are, you know, people are sitting at a distance from each other and they're all masked, you know, to the nines and there are ropes everywhere. And he comes over to a a black woman and, you know, he's uh, just helping. He leans over, probably gets about two feet from her face. And this is what he says. Keep wearing a mask. Yes. Wash the hands and socially distance, which I'm not doing. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't doing it. Keep keep wearing a mask. You're doing pat you on the head, my black female friend voter that I pander to. She's not that stupid, Joe Biden. I just don't think black people, a lot of them, they just don't know. They're not hearing. They're listening to... They're listening to some of their, as always, I don't know why this has always been the case. So many of the black leaders are so corrupt. They just are corrupt. Al Sharpton is so corrupt. He's now, you know, now uh, beating his chest about punishing uh, states, uh, making it racist, you know, if you uh, if you don't get the vaccine. So, uh, and so that's the kind of information they're getting, word of mouth, but um, it's just condescending. And nevertheless, you know, he's uh, he's trying to make you, you know, get, wear that, wear the mask, social distance, get the vaccine. It's very uh, not encouraging to me. And it reminds me of a clip that I played for you yesterday. This is Dr. Leanna Wynn. She uh, was on, I think she's on CNN. She's their medical advisor. And she kind of spoke spelled out why the burner's being turned up by some of the COVID addicts, COVID cheerleaders. Uh, She spells it out for us. I think we should listen. Clip 16. But I think that there are many more people, millions of people who, for whatever reason, have concerns about the vaccine, who just don't know what's in it for them. And we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100 percent. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Okay, we can stop right there. So she said, we've got to hurry. We've got to get this because we have a very narrow window. I mean, because states are opening up, and if we want people to be forced to feel forced to do the vaccine, we've got to we've got to hurry. So that's why the hurry. That is why the hurry. Um, as a matter of fact, California is actually 
saying Gavin Newsom is actually talking about opening up California fully by June 15th if COVID remains stable. And, of course, uh, no doubt one of the reasons um, Gavin Newsom is doing that is because of the recall effort. But California, the most restrictive state in the union, uh, is about to fully open up on June the 15th, according, of course, if COVID rates remain stable. They always leave their little out because, you know, they might have to pull it back to control people a little bit more. But the problem, the inconvenient problem is that uh, we're, like in Texas, where Governor um, Abbott has lifted all the restrictions. Well, it's just going too well. It's a little bit inconvenient. And um, to illustrate the awkwardness, here's a clip with uh, Willie Geist from MSNBC talking to Dr. Dr. Fochi, Dr. Fake Dr. COVID, uh, on what's happening with Texas. Let's listen. Shot of the vaccine yesterday. I feel great. Mild soreness in my arm, but it feels good. I'll go back in four weeks for my second dose. And my wife and I, who went together yesterday up in Suffern, New York, felt nothing but gratitude for the doctors and the scientists and the public health officials like yourself who who brought us to this day. So I know I speak for a lot of people in this country when I say that. With that said, you mentioned Texas and that full ballpark in Arlington yesterday. There was a lot of concern last month when Texas effectively opened up dropped all those restrictions and said it's back to life. And if you go to Texas, as you know, it looks like 2019. The restaurants and the bars are full and open. The ballparks are full. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? Yeah, you know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've they've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games, I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one-on-one compare that. You just have to see in the long range. I hope they continue to tick down. If they do, that would be great. But there's always the concern when you pull back on methods, particularly things like indoor dining and bars that are crowded, you can see a delay and then all of a sudden tick right back up. We've been fooled before by situations where people begin to open up, nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, several weeks later, things start exploding on you. So we got to be careful we don't prematurely judge that. Uh, we got to be careful. We have to always be careful, says Dr. Fauci. We have to be careful the rest of our lives. And remember, he's only thinking of you. He's only thinking of your good health. He proved that when, in 2014, when Barack Obama was still president, Dr. Fauci was very involved in this gain-of-function experimental research, which was uh, experimenting, experimenting with viruses that show themselves in animals and their transmissibility to humans. They were trying to transfer them to humans or human cells uh, because they that thought they would understand the virus more if they could, you know, experiment with it, expand it. But it was outlawed, or there was some sort of a regulation that was either passed or there was an executive order. I can't explain that part. In 2014, that said no more of that, no more of that gain-of-function stuff here in the U.S. So what did Anthony Fauci do? Well, he... Well, he took the funding and went to Wuhan lab in China. 
where they were free to do that because they don't care so much about human life over there. So you can do a lot more experimentation with infecting humans with um, animal viruses. And so this is, from all accounts, absolutely true that Anthony Fauci is in the thick of this and that that virus, the COVID-19 virus that's killed so many Americans, taken the lives of not as many as they're reporting, but plenty, was developed in that lab. But don't forget, Dr. Fauci, he only cares about you. And the vaccine, it's purely uh, altruistic. He just wants people to be healthy. He doesn't want to make millions on it. No way. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't care about his buddy Bill Gates making big money on this or any of his other partners. Yeah, he does. He cares. And so let me just tell you um, some of the pushback on this. The Arkansas Senate has passed a bill permanently banning mask mandates. That's in Arkansas. And then in Ohio, uh, the Ohio, an Ohio court has made state mask mandates unconstitutional. So they're right to feel like they should hurry because people are not going to continue to comply, so we have to hurry. What's going to be the motivation for them to take this vaccine if we don't hurry, if we don't hurry before they're opened up and they don't see the need for it? I want to talk to you about White House, about vaccine passports. Remember that Press Secretary Jen Psaki, and we played the clip yesterday, said that Uh, The government is not now, nor will be, supporting a system that requires Americans to carry a credential. There will be no federal vaccination database and no federal mandate requiring everyone to obtain a single vaccination credential. Yeah, because that's because they don't have to. Because as I said to you before, corporate America, the woke corporatists who are now after our election laws, are going to make us do all of this. You will not be able to buy and sell or get on a plane or travel or uh, do sporting events. They're fine with that. Joe Biden's all over that. He's been actually actually meeting with them and helping expedite uh, actually doing it. But the government's not going to do it. So relax, relax. The Texas governor, by the way, has signed an, an order banning vaccine passports. The World Health Organization is rejecting vaccine passports, but not for the reason you think. Just because not everyone can get the vaccine yet. Just wait. Wait a little bit till more people in all the world can get the vaccine. Then we'll do the passport. Meanwhile, Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced a proposal to bar vaccine passports. And, of course, she's being hit from all sides. Actually, I should come back and talk about that a little bit more because because I want to. <laughs> all right. Listen, thanks for your patience as I rattle through all these uh, news stories. And we'll be back with more news. Some interesting stuff on that uh, Canada, Canadian pastor that uh, we played yesterday who kicked the, uh, the police and the health, the health Nazis out of his church uh, on uh, Passover, celebrating this Passover. So stay tuned for that. Sandy Rios in the morning. Have you been looking for a way to serve others? Are you able to serve in a ministry without being paid? You and Friendships might be the perfect match. Friendships is currently taking applications for volunteers providing aid to disaster victims, refugees, and the impoverished, both here at home and around the world. Get more information at friendships.org or by calling 337-433-5022. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. 
In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. And who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Esther, a young girl, became queen of the Persian Empire when Israel was subject to Persian rule. A wicked man named Haman tried to get the king to exterminate all Jews. Esther, a Jew herself, was queen when this genocidal conspiracy was brought to bear. But her cousin Mordecai put her royal position in perspective. Perhaps God made you queen for this very moment, to intervene on behalf of the Jewish people. Like Esther, perhaps God gave you the platform, position, and influence you have for this very moment to stand against darkness. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with the Life and Liberty Minute. Major League Baseball freaked when Georgia passed a law requiring photo ID to vote by mail. Frenzied accusations of racism drove MLB to move its All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado. The move will take $100 million out of the Atlanta economy and will hurt minority workers the most. Worse, Colorado has voter ID laws just like Georgia and is much less diverse. Colorado is 5% black and 87% white, while Georgia is 33% black and 60% white. Many of the major corporations that force the move also require photo ID. Delta requires a government-issued ID to get on one of their planes. And if you pick up your tickets to the All-Star Game at the Will Call window, you'll need picture ID. A friend of mine used to say, sin makes you stupid. Delta and Major League Baseball prove that my friend is right. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The installation of the Biden-Harris administration with its radical leftist policy agenda and corresponding personnel choices seems poised to prove with a vengeance the adage that elections have consequences. For example, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris expressed sympathy for those who perpetrated last summer's violent rioting across the country. They seem inattentive to the prospects for a real insurrection nationwide. Should groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter act on their preparations to revert to form? If former police officer Derek Chauvin is found not guilty of murdering George Floyd. Meanwhile, overseas, we see China poised to invade Taiwan, Russia poised to invade Ukraine and Iran poised to obtain nuclear weapons, a step a number of nations have resolved to prevent. The question occurs, will the Biden-Harris administration change its character and course in time to prevent such horribly consequential events? This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. We're looking at kind of a race between the vaccine, which is highly efficacious, and a real, I don't want to say surge, because surge means you get a really high increase. We're seeing it start to creep up now. So the real question is, is the efficacy of the vaccine going to prevent that from going up the way we saw it in previous surges? I hope not. I don't think so, because as long as we keep vaccinating people efficiently and effectively, I don't think that's going to happen. That doesn't mean that we're not going to still seeing increases in cases. 
Whether it explodes into a real surge or not remains to be seen. I think that the vaccine is going to prevent that from happening. But, you know, the other wild card... Well, the other wild card in this, Joe, is that even though everybody has COVID-19 fatigue and wants to get back to normality, you know, you see the pictures of the Texas Rangers Stadium essentially crowded. We don't want to declare victory prematurely because we have a virus out there now, this variant that spreads really quite efficiently. And if you pull back on masking and avoiding congregate setting, you're really taking a pretty big risk. If we can just hang in there a bit longer, because every day that we hang in there and not just give in to getting away from all restrictions, every day we do better and better because three to four million people get vaccinated. Yes, the vaccination is the answer, folks. It isn't, you know, herd immunity. It isn't all the treatments that are available to actually stop COVID, to bring people to full health. Uh, and some people are not, obviously it has, There's this is a mixed bag, but there are some very good treatments for COVID. And it is malpractice for doctors to refuse to treat people. And I see that where I live, where people have, and not in a long time, I haven't heard anyone getting COVID around to where I am for, for a long time. Uh, but uh, some of my, even my friends who have co- thought they had COVID, one was diagnosed with COVID, the doctors gave her nothing. They gave her nothing. They sent her home. They gave her nothing. That's malpractice. And I don't, I believe, and this is a wild conspiracy theory. I, if you were asking people believe them, I'm raising my hand. Uh, I believe they don't care. I believe they want people to do poorly if they don't get the vaccine. Uh, and so I don't think the vaccine is the, uh, I just don't think it's the, it's the uh, trump card, <laughs> to use a phrase. And, and we know from other areas of the world, they're also telling us these stories about people getting fully vaccinated and still getting COVID. So wh- how is this the magic bullet? It seems to me the magic bullet is immunity, herd immunity, which is what uh, rational doctors and, and medicine for generations has told us. You have to build up a natural immunity to all kinds of things in the air, and COVID's not the only thing that you can catch. I know it's a shock, but there are other diseases out there that are deadly that we've forgotten. Uh, so... All right, so Marjorie Taylor Greene is introduced a proposal to bar vaccine passports. Again, I'm not saying don't get the vaccine. I need to hasten to say that some of you feel compelled for one reason or another. I personally don't. I don't. I really don't. Why would I get it? Why would you, I just would? Why would you get an experimental vaccine uh, when you have so such a small chance of dying from COVID? You, I just you, And you might have because it's an experimental vaccine and because some people around the world are dying after taking it. We don't know what the percentages are. I have no idea. Why would you take a chance and inject something into your healthy body on the outside chance that you might, uh, you might, you might live through that vaccine? Uh, but then on the other hand, you, you're perfectly healthy. You don't have COVID. And if you do get it, there is a very slim chance of you dying. And that's really at all ages. And that includes uh, seniors. Uh, there's a, what, a 6% risk of people over, what, 65? I don't remember what the exact number is, but um, that's not a very big risk to me. So anyway, nevertheless, some people feel they must. Most people evidently do feel they must take it, and they're taking it. Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced a proposal to bar the vaccine passport. She did that in the House. Uh, I, there's a picture of her in the Epoch, Epoch Times, and I, I just have to talk about spunk. 
She's got a mask on in the house, and the mask says in big letters, Trump won. <laughs> I just love, I think that is, I think she's got so much spunk. I know, I know. She's got lots of spunk. So so they don't like her. So a Soros group, which we've talked about before, it's called, uh, let's see, it's, oh, they're evangelicals, though. Keep in mind, they're Christians. And uh, Soros has penned them faithful America. They might possibly be part of that useful idiot class that we talk about. That's a that's a leftist term for you know people that can be useful to you to uh, persuade other people. So they issued a statement slamming Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, we are I see uh, Representative Clean Clean Green claims to be a pro life Christian while simultaneously getting people killed through her anti Semitic QAnon conspiracy theories. And her blasphemous claims that COVID-19 vaccine passports are Biden's mark of the beast. We are especially troubled by her selfish reason for refusing to get vaccinated, that she herself is perfectly healthy and therefore nothing else matters. Does Representative Green not realize that by getting vaccinated, she could protect those around her even more than she would protect herself? So you see how this works. The useful idiots that are known as fateful America, paid for by George Soros, like to give the impression that Christians, um, this is a way of peeling away Christians who don't think very deeply about issues, and it's actually a very useful tool. Works very well. All right, I want to talk about some other things. Um, still COVID, because you did you see the uh, video of this couple? They were on a Spirit Airlines flight from Florida to New Jersey. Uh, their names are Ari and Avital Eisenberg. They're from Toms River, New Jersey. Young couple. They have they had three children with them. The baby is two, uh, just turned two. Uh, the The video starts, they're sitting in their seats. Both of the, the parents are masked. They uh, The little girl is sitting on her mother. Her mother is seven months pregnant. She's sitting on her mother's lap eating some yogurt. And uh, they have a son who's uh, disabled. He has seizures. And uh, the the mom tried to explain to the flight attendant that it's hard for him to wear a mask, but she'll try. She'll do the best that she can. So um, you the, the, the video starts when this uh, a black attendant, and the color doesn't matter because I think it started with a white attendant, a white male. Um, but so she's doing the follow-up. And she's uh, saying to them basically, uh, let's see if I get the exact words here. Uh, I told you, non-compliance, you'll have to get off. I didn't want to do this, says a flight attendant. We're wearing masks, Avital Eisenberg says. She's not wearing them. One, the flight crew member says of the two-year-old sitting on her mother's lap eating yogurt. The pilot wants you off. Okay, so uh, then she says she's going to go get the police. And again, you can see the parents, the mother again, seven months pregnant. Uh, the Both of the parents in masks. Their seven-year-old, you can't see in this, but he's the one that has a disability and seizures. So uh, they actually do take kick them off the plane. But it, I don't exactly know all the details that follow, but everyone ends up getting off the plane. And the final uh, thing was um, the crew member that started this, the white male, uh, was actually removed from the plane. Now, I don't know why, but all the passengers were loaded back on the Spirit Airline and... Uh, but that flight attendant who started this was taken off. But meanwhile, publicly, Spirit Airlines was blaming the parents and said that they, they didn't comply with the re- regulations and the rules. Okay, so my point in telling that story is that this is just ridiculous. This is what I was talking about earlier about um, uh, 
corporations now instituting these draconian rules and ruling our lives by virtue of their economic power. That we, we, no, it's not a law. It wasn't passed by Congress, none of this. It's a corporate rule. I'll just give you another example. United Airlines weighed in, finally, as though they had to, on the Georgia law. And this is what they say. This is United Airlines. Some have questioned the integrity of the nation's election systems and are using it to justify stricter voting procedures, even though numerous studies have found zero credible evidence of widespread voter fraud in U.S. elections. Legislation that infringes on the right to vote or fellow Americans is wrong. We believe that leaders in both parties should work to protect the rights of eligible voters by making it easier and more convenient for them to cast a ballot and have it counted. All right, so, yeah, okay, well, yeah, United Airlines, they're experts on uh, elections, and so is, you know, Delta, and so is Coca-Cola and PepsiCo and all. These corporate entities, they know all about the machinations of voter law. They're experts now. Uh, But Dan Crenshaw, congressman from Texas, who I really like, Dan, we've talked about him before, uh, he replied on Twitter, Travelers 18 years of age or older are required to have a valid, current U.S. federal or state-issued photo ID that contains name, date of birth, gender, expiration date, and a temper-resistant feature for travel. Now, that's a quote. And then Dan went on to say, that's your policy, United. Pandering hypocrites. Just shut up. I thought you might like that. I liked it. I thought it was a perfectly... Appropriate. This is what they need a little bit more of. And that reminded me of the pastor. Uh, we played the clip yesterday from him, the pastor from Calgary. And actually, uh, we should play that again, you guys. I want just to remind you, this is Passover. Uh, and uh, pa- the, these policemen come into the church and try to shut down the service. And this is how the pastor responds. Let's listen to this pastor, Artur Pawlowski. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Okay. Get out out of this property immediately out i don't want to hear anything out of this property immediately i don't want to hear a word out 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 of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant out 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 of this property immediately out immediately go out and don't come back don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this pro- out of this property. Immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out. Out. Out of this property, you Nazis. Out. Out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out. Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not... Nazis are not allowed here. So uh, I know we know more about him because he did an interview with the Daily Caller, and I wanted to share it with you. This is, as I had, many of us have suspected this. He is from uh, Poland. And he talked about, I grew up in Poland under the boot of the Soviets, behind the Iron Curtain. What I see right now, I see everything escalating and moving to the new level. 
They're acting just like the communists were acting when I was growing up when the pastors and the priests were arrested and some were murdered. Many were tortured. That's why I say what I say, because I see a repetition of history. A, a repetition of history. Uh, so what happened was they did come. He's filled in the blanks here a little bit. They just walked, uh, wanted to walk into the middle of worship. And he said, they could have called, they could have come to inspect a building and talk to me, but they did not do that. They came into the worship service, and he said he was shocked to, he said the church official, the, the officials acted as if the church was like their own home. Uh, and he says, I asked them to get out, and they would not move. So everything started to intensify. I raised my voice, and I said it again and again and again, and they just didn't want to go. Uh, but now this is interesting. Oh, first of all, he said he was really shaken because he was not expecting them to interfere with the church on Passover. Again, this is Calgary, Canada. Once the officials left, he told the caller, the daily caller, that they did not come back and didn't give him any tickets or contact him at all. But Pawlowski said some police officers came up to him on the street feeling ashamed for their colleagues and told him this was bad. There was no need for something like this. And uh, he said, this is unacceptable. Even during the times of the Middle Ages, the knights were commanded to leave their swords outside the church. They were not allowed to enter the church. But these days, nothing is holy for these people. They just walk in like it's a restaurant. What happened on Saturday is just the tipping point of the harassment and intimidation I've been enduring for months. And then he went on to say, from my point of view, I'm not afraid of the disease because my God is bigger. And I pray for the people that are still stuck and that they recover I don't live a life of fear because I have hope. And uh, he is our hero in this because, um, to me, he's exemplifying the righteous indignation of uh, Christians uh, to dare to let the state or the government uh, dictate and disrupt and interrupt worship and singing and to dictate to us rules that they have no business, no right to make. And the righteous indignation that he expressed, as I said yesterday, reminded me very much of the righteous indignation of Jesus driving out the money changers. And I just want pastors to capture that and to feel that burning anger and act on it. Sandy Rios in the morning. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.